Hello and welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Reed. This episode of the Aquarius Podcast is sponsored by Awaza. Awaza is well known for their line of outdoor pond and water garden products and are now stepping into the indoor aquatics market. Their lineup includes products like the internal BioPlus filters and external Biomaster canister filters. Both lines of filtration offer models with heater integration to help you declutter your tank and show off your plants and fish. Awaza also has a great selection of aquariums in their BioOrb line. Their BioOrb Cube Aquarium actually won the award for best aquarium product at the SuperZoo trade show. So check out these great products and more by clicking on the links in the show notes. Now, on to the interview. Today's date is Sunday, April 14th, 2019. My guest today is Hai Trin. Hai is the co-founder of UFA, which is the United Flower Horn Association. He and I are going to dive into the world of flower horns and what makes these fish awesome enough to have their own association. So hi, welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. Thank you for having me, Randy. No, thank you for taking time out of your uh, <laughs> lovely Sunday. Uh, you are down in Southern California, so you, you're getting all of the, the great weather that the rest of the country does not get. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, spoil- we're spoiled with this nice, hot, sunny day, but I think we're going to get some rain soon. But uh, we're enjoying it right now as much as we can be. And by soon, it, it rained down in Southern California, like a 16th of an inch <laughs> is like a torrential downpour in Southern California. And unfortunately, well, just the way your the way your hillsides and the soil is, right? Like if even if you get a little bit of rain, it's like the chance of flooding is crazy, right? <laughs> well, you know, here, here's the thing. Once it starts to sprinkle, you see accidents on the freeway. It's that crazy. People don't know how to learn how to drive in the rain. And it's it's kind of sad to say that. But, you know, it's funny at the same time. But this year, though, we we got a lot of water. And so the, the hills on the streets on the freeways are full of flowers, like bloomed flowers. And um, the funny thing was we were I was driving up north the other day and um, there was traffic. And I was wondering what the what the traffic was for. And people were pulling over to the side of the freeway to take pictures with those wildflowers oh, wow. on the hills because it's like they've never seen it before. Or something. It's just so funny. It's it's funny, but at the same time, it's like okay, we're kind of appreciating nature, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, and hopefully not causing too many accidents in the process. But yeah, I mean, oh, no, just... it's causing a lot of traffic jam. <laughs> well, you're, you're. I don't. To be fair, you yeah. are in Southern California, which is, ba- yeah. is is like the birthplace of the traffic jam. I think. Yeah, well, that's why I don't live in L.A. <laughs> this is true. San, where where you are is is different than uh, than Los Angeles, oh. so that, oh, that yeah. is for certain. I I could not if I live in L.A. I would pull my hair out because every every hour, every day, every minute, every any time there's there will be traffic, so, and it's I mean it's just crazy. I mean it's just I don't know how people can stand that. I, 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 yeah, I don't know how they do it either. My hat is off to you if you live in southern if you live in the, the greater L.A. area. <laughs> right. Um, you know, people of the show have probably heard me mention that I, I've lived in San Diego for well, I used to live in San Diego for about three years uh, before uh-huh. we moved up to the Seattle area. And oh, the few cool. times that we had to drive through, you know, to go north south because we're my wife and I are both originally from Northern California. Um, I'm so I'm so anal. I'm so uh, anti-LA traffic that I would plan our trip, like a 10-hour trip, that we would go through LA, whether whether we're whether we are leaving San Diego or coming from Northern California, like I would hit it between two and three AM. Like that's that's like to the T how I would plan my travel because that's like the only time you can kind of get through LA. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is there's still traffic at three in the morning because they're doing road construction somewhere uh, in Los Angeles. There's an area in LA that 
it's been forever construction. And I, as long as I can remember that, I mean, it, it was funny. I was just riding through there with my brother the other day and, and, and we're like, you know, this, this area is always in construction. I mean, ever, ever since, like, as long as we've known this LA or Southern California and it's like, it's, it's just so crazy. I don't know why or when they're going to finish it, but I'm glad I don't live there. I'm glad <laughs> I like, like you, if I plan to go up to LA, because I have to go through the uh, San Clemente um, checkpoint area. If I if I don't get past that by 10 a.m. in the morning, forget it. I'm not going because traffic would start there. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. It is. It is absolutely so, crazy. I would probably I would probably have to vape and smoke cigarettes at the same time <laughs> if I was in that commute. Like I, I think that's that would just be my, my my coping mechanism while I listen to just hours and hours of podcasts of you know every just, subject possible. I just picture that that movie Anger Management whenever I'm in LA with the LA traffic <laughs> with that uh, Michael Douglas movie that uh, Anger Management is that the one with <laughs> isn't Jack Nicholson in that one with the with the, no. with the dog no it's Matt it's it's uh, Michael Douglas he um he was stuck in traffic and he got really upset and stuff and then he went to McDonald's and then um it was ten. 29 or something like that and he wanted he wanted breakfast and they said breakfast is is over at uh 10 30 or something like that and he goes it's not 10 30 and da, da, da. so yeah yeah that's the one that yeah that's the one that that's the much more serious movie right like that one's not yeah a yeah, yeah yeah i know what it, you're talking yeah, about was, now <laughs> yeah it's a crazy movie so i'm just thinking that every time i'm stuck in la traffic but anyway enough about <laughs> la traffic <laughs> so hopefully we can we can pull this back and if anybody is still listening after this intro um so hi clearly you and i are probably gonna have a pretty good conversation so let's go ahead and talk about let's talk about fish we'll talk about flower horns um you know kind of the reason why people tuned in and you know i always fall back to this is a free show so you kind of have to hang along for the ride if you want to enjoy the podcast so um all right so hi how did you get started keeping tropical fish what were some of your first memories of this hobby well i've always wanted i've always liked fish um my name in chinese means ocean and i i, I mean i'm not saying that just because of that i'm into fish it's just because i've always liked um growing up my mom wouldn't let wouldn't allow us to have like pets like dogs or cats or whatever so the only pet i could have is a fish so <laughs> i would have i would start i started off with like betas because they're like the easiest to, to care for um because you just put them in a little jar or whatever and they don't really need um aeration or anything and they'll live um and then and then i i i graduated to a 10 gallon tank uh, with guppies <laughs> And then I was just, I was just like taking care of guppies and then taking care of, of then finally a goldfish. And then um, finally growing up, I got to have an Oscar, one of those um, albino Oscars, albino tiger Oscars. Mm -hmm. I love those. I mean, they were so nice. They're just the, the, the attitude, the character, the, the way the fish looks and the aggressiveness of it. And I grew into liking... Um, those type of, of cichlids type style fish. And then um, I just I just didn't know um, anything more about fish. And then I grew older and I'm like, okay, I'm able to get my own stuff. You know, and I started getting collecting um, saltwater fish. And um, I, I started off doing corals. I, th I thought, you know, I went to everywhere you go, you see like nice saltwater tanks with corals and everything, all the different colors and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to dive into that. 
So hi, Wrong. Let, me, let, let me interrupt you for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I hear about salt water. Let, let's just paint the picture timeline wise. So when were you when you've got your first uh, when you got your first beta as a kid? And now that you're jumping into corals, like what's this kind of time yeah. that has elapsed? Well, that's like from like from like uh, elementary up until like college years. I didn't I didn't do I didn't do corals and salt water until I'm like in, coral, in college when I'm able to afford it. But um, that was a big mistake. You're not supposed thought, to afford anything in college. What's going I on, know. man? Well, You're supposed to be just top ramen and hot dogs and beer. <laughs> well, I got lucky. <laughs> and so I, I was like, no, because it, it, saltwater is an expensive hobby. It, you, you, if you don't know what you're in, if you don't know what you're doing, you can just buy corals and not know what to do and they will die and you'll go buy some more and they'll die some more. And I said, uh, no, that's, this is not for me. <laughs> so then so then i'm like okay let me try seahorses because i've always wanted a seahorse i was able to to keep a pair of seahorse in a 20 gallon tank for a long time so i was very happy with that how long would you say so, is, a, is a long time because to me to me one not not wanting to turn this into a saltwater episode which at some point i kind of do want to have a saltwater episode just for just for grins and giggles um right i, I feel like a seahorse would be a more delicate thing to try to keep and so what yeah. i guess what what's kind of the average expectation of somebody? oh i don't know i, I don't okay. know how long usually they last but for me i had it for over two and a half years so that's a long time that for seems me pretty good yeah i mean i mean if it's if, it, if, they, if they live more than a month I'm happy, <laughs> you know, but it was two and a half years. And, and then, and then, um, I was on a business trip and, um, I had my mom take care of it and I had water, you know, cause, cause I, cause for salt water, you have to prepare the water and cause the, the right salinity, the mm -hmm. right pH, everything. So I have water prepared and I have it in a bucket with uh, a water pump to, to aerate it and stuff. And I said, mom, whenever this tank needs to refill water please use i guess she was busy or doing something and she forgot and she just used tap water uh -oh. to fill up i know I <laughs> that doesn't sound it was good god it oh, was no. they were yeah they didn't make it i was so bad i was so sad i mean because they were like a, a pair already and, and they were like uh but anyway so <laughs> there goes my seawater or uh, sea, sea horses. Oh man, so. it's, cra it's crazy to think how long you know potentially had that not happened. How long you know you I would, actually would have I would have been for. able to breed them right. They oh. would have paired up, and I would be able to breed them. And it's like, oh well. Yeah, so that's sad. that's that's crushing, man. I mean, it's a good yeah. thing it's mom though, so you can forgive her. Yeah, or do I you know, still secretly hold a grudge to this day? Nah, <laughs> I still talk about it. I still talk about it. I said, "Remember, mom, when you use regular top water?" <laughs> she, would, she would say, "Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry." <laughs> and so, but, the, um, yeah, and so, yeah, I guess what what happens after the uh, the seahorses then? Well, after the seahorses is like, um, just I I wanted to do a little bit more salt water, so I just got some regular clownfish and and those um dragon knight um fish those i forget I, those um green dragon dr green dragon knights i'll have to let's let's use they're the really Googles. pretty so green yeah it's dragon. called green but they're blue um but they're let's really they're really nice it's it's um they're called green green dragons or, or oh pipe, they, the they, green dragon pipe fish no 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 they're, they they eat copepods. They they eat copepods off the. Um, you need to have your your tank 
um, at least with like live rock for at least over six months or so and, and have it established before you can have them mm-hmm. because they, they don't eat frozen food or, or, or pellet food or anything. Um, and they just Mandarin dragons, green Mandarin dragons. That's what they're oh, called. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That, those are very pretty. Super pretty. I had I had that. I have that and I have um, some uh, those clownfish and it was nice. But anyhow, that's one saltwater thing. But um, going back to to the cichlid world, um, I had a, a an Oscar, uh, one of those um, albino tiger Oscars, and I had one at my in my at my work office, and um, it got to like maybe five six inches. It's, it was it got kind of big, and one day came to work, he was gone, and I figured, oh no, where did he go? And I couldn't find him. A couple days later, I found him behind the desk. Oh, no. So I, I figured, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that these guys could jump. You know, I didn't know that they can jump. And and, and, and you had just, just an open open top tank? No, I had a lid. I had a lid on it. Oh, he, he busted through the lid. He busted through the lid. Wow. Right. Yeah. So... From that point on, I was I was kind of devastated. I didn't know what to do. So then I was on a business trip, and I was in China. And then um, and so I went what, to what year is this on the business trip? Oh my goodness, this was like in 2000, 2008. Okay, two thousand eight, something like that. And then um, I went on a business trip, and every office I went to in China had a flower horn in their office. So. I was like, what kind of fish is this? It's such a pretty fish, right? It had like uh, a big head, like a no, no, one of, we call it a coke. It's spelled K-O-K. People pronounce it the other way. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they, pronounce it, they pronounce it cock. And I, and I think I have, I think I've pronounced it that way, right? <laughs> I mean, not thinking that it's cock, but it's, it's coke. But it's coke. Yeah. Okay. Like, the, like the Coca-Cola coke. Okay. Um, so I was looking at the fish, and it had like really nice markings on the side, look, you know, which is like, um, right, like Chinese characters, and then it had like really nice colors and purlings and everything, and it just follows my hand. Like I'm, I would move my hand around, and it would just follow me. And I'm like, holy cow, this fish is so cool! I've never seen a fish that interacts to me like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I would ask them what what um, what it's called, and they would say it in Chinese. But then I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so um, I have always had that fish in my head. So I came home from my trip and I'm like, what the heck is that fish called? How can I find one? I want one. I must have one. So I looked it up and I would type in the word um, flower, you know, or something, you know, and it popped up and it came up and it came up to be flower horns. So I'm like, oh, wow, that is so awesome. So I got my first flower horn after that but um nice so think oh i'm sorry so i I was gonna say um i guess one of the questions i have is um there's a very very good chance that i will be going to uh china later this year uh my first time my first time visiting there um and for you if you can remember back going back there in 2008 um was that your first that sounds like an ice cream man in the background yeah nice all right (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry about no, that. No, no, it's I'm fine. Like, it's fine. Don't I'm even worry sitting, about I'm it. I'm sitting in my room. I'm sitting in my room and, and with the nice breeze and everything and this <laughs> ice cream truck drives by. No, no, it, it, it adds a little bit. It adds a little bit for the uh, for the audience and I'm I'm totally leaving that in. This is all staying in the podcast. So go well, yeah, so, so people so people would know that this is like real. This is live. This is not like stage. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Cue, cue the ice cream man. Enter yeah, ice cream truck. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. All right. So, you're uh 2000 2008, was seeing the flower horns in kind of everybody's office, was that the only touch point that you had with the Chinese side of the hobby? Or did you do any other like going to the Chinese fish markets or fish stores well, or anything like that? I would I would ask them what um, flower horns would be or, or I mean what it's for, why, why would they would have it in their office and everything. Um, and they would tell me that the flower horn fish is... Um, Okay, so let me give a little history about flower horns. Yes, um, please. So the flower horn fish is man-made. So um, we don't really know the origin of who started it first and what made the flower horn flower horn. Um, but uh, there's a Chinese god. It's um, the Fulu Shao god. He's the guy with, with the big forehead. And um, he's like the you know one of the prosperity, health, wealth god. And um, they wanted to replicate a fish like that. And, um, and so they did. And the flower horn fish had, um, had been, well, people have believed that they have had a lot of luck owning the flower horn fish. And the bigger the coke, the more luck you get. So there were stories about um, a, a woman who looked at the, uh, their, her flower horn fish and, and on the side with the writing kind of. She um, got some numbers from it, and so she bought the lottery, and she won the lottery. Oh, and wow. there's, yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many stories about things, you know. And I mean, we don't know if it's true. We don't know to believe it or not. But whoever, whatever, that's mm -hmm. you know, if you want to believe it, believe it. If you don't, no worries. Do you, what have you, you know? what have you heard as far as? So we don't know who exactly um, bred it, but we're we're pr are we pretty certain that it was somebody in China? Yeah, it's in Asia. Okay, and then um, I actually met the man. Who um, who coined the word flower horns? Um, he I was doing we were doing our um, UFA uh, flower horn competition in Singapore, and um, the man we we invited him to be um, one of our judges from he's from Malaysia, so we invited him to be one of our judges for our competition in Singapore, and so um, we got to talk and stuff, and I didn't know at first that he was the guy who created the word flower horns you know <laughs> so we're like talking talking and stuff and he goes yeah i'm writing a book of, you know about flowers i'm like oh you are he goes yeah and he goes yeah and um back in the time you know we didn't know what how to say it in english so i just named the word flower horn i'm like oh you named the word flower horns he goes yeah i'm like oh that's cool so it's it's kind of neat to, to to meet to meet someone who actually named the word the fish flower horns you know in english mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool with and, that. But what do, what do people think as far as like when when this fish started to come onto the scene in Asia? Was it, you know, 20, 30 years ago or was it was it longer than that? I think it's I mean, it's, it's I, th I think it's like longer. I think it's like 20 something years. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's just it's been a long time there because there were there were people who um, who have who have had it before. Like there was like a boom of the, you know, of, of the flower horn thing. There was like a huge boom several years before I got to see it in 2008. So, um, I would believe, you know, maybe early 2000s. Mm -hmm. 
you know, or and then even, even before that, there's probably you know a good amount of Some, just generational right. breeding, right, to get it to where right. it is now. Um, and it one, takes, yeah. And one yeah. of the things I wanted to inform the guests on, or not the guests, I'm sorry, the audience. Um, so some of the research that I've done on the flower horn, it looks like they've narrowed it down to maybe what is this, um, two, four, six, six potential fish that the flower horn could have origins from. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of them are in the amphilo. Amphilophus uh, genus, and that's going to be the Midas cichlid and the Red Devil cichlid. Uh, there's mm-hmm. two in the Cichlosoma fam- family. Uh, that's the red-eyed cichlid, which is also called the three-spot cichlid or the trimac, and then the red terror. And looking at the Google pictures, the trimac, like that thing looks super close as far as coloration and patterning, uh, patterning to like kind of a, a, a common flower horn right now. Um, and then there's a there's another one that's going to be the redhead cichlid, the Paranitroplus. Cineplus. I'm going to butcher that one. People know I, I butcher these uh, uh, Greek and Latin names. Uh, and then the last right. one would be a blood parrot, which is a, a mix between a Midas and a redhead. So between those six different fish, you know, I'm sure if you, you mix them around enough, you start kicking out some some different variants. And, you know, inevitably we have um, some of the modern flower horns that we have now because of these fish. And, you know, in their own respects, each of these, well, with the exception of the blood parrot, that's going to be a mix. Like the, these naturally occurring fish are already really, really pretty fish in, their, in and of themselves. Um, so for somebody to kind of work with a couple different fish from different uh, genuses and mix them together, which I, I, I'm assuming you're able to then mix a cyclosoma with another genus if that's what they're doing. Um, that's what the research is kind of saying. So, yeah, I don't know. I've never made my own uh, fish before. Well, the thing is, um, it from from like a breeding. I've never. I mean, I've bred them before, but I've never like started out from like zero point zero. You know, it's just. I mean, I, I just put like a male and a female together, and then I made some babies. Mm-hmm. But and then I. I mean, you can't really call that your line, and you can't really call that. You know, I made flower horns because it's already been. I mean, for for someone like a breeder to have like a really nice line, it takes them years. Um, to to breed, um, you know, one pair and then in, inbreed with another pair, like a, their their offsprings, or then mix it with another one. It takes so many so many pairs and so many years. I mean, because you have to pick out, like for example, you need to pick out like ones with like a really nice coloring, or not ones with um, nice size head. Uh, the finage you want like big tails and big dorsal fin, things like that pearls i mean it's you gotta like pick those out to 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 breed whatever but um for as for i mean so i've i've never like i don't have time for and i don't want to (laughs) i'd rather have people do it and then i just get the fish but um it's yeah it takes a long time and and then the original like the flower horns that i got the first one resembled a lot of the trimac um fish Mm -hmm. so it's and then and then it's and then i've I've graduated to getting nicer and better looking flower horns after mm-hmm. that. And so where did your so, where did your first flower horn come from then? My first one came from a pet store by my work. And um I think it was um some I guess he got it from someone breeding from their home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um and I didn't know much about the care of flower horns. I didn't know that they needed uh warmer temperature water. I didn't know that they needed a higher pH. Um, so my first couple um, didn't survive long because my water was um, too cold or the pH level was too high, too low 
or um, you know, so many factors. And so finally, I I um I was um I went online and then I I found um Flowerhorn Craze, um the website. This is I don't know if you've heard of Flowerhorn Craze, but it's it's been it was before the Facebook times, mm-hmm. and it's where everyone hung out and everyone learned how to you know take care of flower horns and and things like that. And then so we um I go on there and I learned and and I. I got a little bit more knowledge about flower horns and the flower horn care and, and things like that. And, and so, yeah. And, and so to kind of hit those, those general points, then if somebody, if somebody is interested in keeping flower horns, um, what are kind of the guidelines of, you know, water parameter and temperature that, you know, somebody should, if they're going to set up a tank for a flower horn that they should be, um, you know, trying to hit. Well, flower horns, um, tend to grow big. Um, I've, I've seen ones that are like, bigger than 15 inches i had one that was huge i think he was like maybe 16 almost 18 inches that's a huge fish it's a huge fish yeah um i had him in a 90 gallon but the minimum size tank you would want for a flower horn is 55 gallons um and then the water temperature uh would be around 82 to 84 degrees oh that's really warm yeah it's very warm and then um the ph would be about 7.8 so it's a bit high. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then it just and then you would want me. I personally like to have a a nice background from like um like a a nice blue, uh, water wave type background. And then on the bottom, I would usually paint it red, to help reflect the the, the coloration of it. And um and I just like to keep them, you know, with with a, a hang on bag, uh, filtration and a canister filter. I like me. I believe that overfiltration is better than underfiltration. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's my you know that's my personal thing, but um, that's how I am. And so and I would usually do uh, a water change once a week, and um, I usually like to keep my tanks um, bare bottom, except for a couple handfuls of coral chips. Uh, the coral chips would do help um, with the pH balance to raise it, um, and and then at the same time, coral chips to me. I believe that it would help collect the the fish waste and and any kind of debris in the tank, in like it would clump together in the the, the coral chip uh, bundles. And mm-hmm. then whenever I want to do a water change, I use that um, one of the python vacuum sucking things. Yep. And I just go over the coral chips, and it would just suck everything up. Mm, and gotcha. it would just yeah, and I would just wipe it down with my paper, like a thick paper towel or um, around the edges of of the tank or the sides and the bottom, and then done and and now so let, let, let's unpack a little bit these coral chips um and how different is that going to be from just the normal crushed coral that we see from um carob sea or any of these other companies that are that are producing a very kind of finer gravel crushed coral i don't i don't really like the the finer ones um because the finer ones would would uh, get like to get into the filtration system i would like to get like the medium size at least you know it's porous and it'll help it'll help collect um the bacteria and everything and at the same time it would help hold debris and food waste so i feel like freshwater specialty store like a store that's going to specialize in freshwater at least the you know aquarium co-op where i work we don't we you know we carry the finer um and Mm. i say fine it's like a sand right it's more of like a a pea size or a little bit smaller um is is the coral chips going to be something that somebody would find at more of a saltwater specialty store um i have seen i have seen them at regular um Look, they're uh, a local fish store. 
would have it. I've I've seen them there. Interesting. Now, does that local fish store tend to bias a little bit more towards flower horns in general? No. No. Okay. No. It's just it's just um, because they have I I don't know maybe because he they have um, courtships for other people's saltwater tanks or cichlids or whatever but um no i've seen them i've seen them around okay cool i'll have to look that up yeah um let's talk a little bit about painting the bottom of the tank red i've never heard anybody talk about that before i mean as you as you explained it it kind of makes a little sense but where did you pick that up and um you know maybe help me understand a little bit more about what that bottom red is doing right And, and does it detract from the overall appearance of the tank yeah well here the thing is that i've noticed is that when you paint the tank bottom red, and when you have like a LED light on the top, it kind of ref- and then the fish, ref- it kind of reflects the red off of it and bounces onto the fish, and it kind of helps heightens the colors of the fish. So, because most flower horns are have the red coloration, mm-hmm. and um, to me, when I I've I've had a, a dark like a back a dark background, a dark. Um, gravel and everything and the fish stayed dark like really dark and i didn't like it i want my fish to be colorful and bright and happy so i i've learned from throughout the years i like i you know i've had i've had tanks that i painted blue in the back but i've also used um a uh, background on the back of the tank but they're all red bottom so but I've, i've learned that from um going to some uh breeders in thailand so they they would have a red bottom for every one of their tanks. Yeah, that's one of those things. So, if you're if you're actually going to the source, like if you're going to the breeders and you're seeing yeah. all the tricks that they're doing, yes, it's really yeah. it's really hard to not be like, yeah, I should probably just do what they're doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I the um this one particular breeder he uh, specializes in like really nice um, VIP type fish flower horns, and he has a um a red um plastic on the bottom of his tank i mean sitting on top of his tank sitting on top of it and i would ask him like why would you have the red and he says it helps reflect the color and blah, blah blah so i'm like instead of having that plastic thing i'm just gonna paint the bottom you know mm-hmm. so so how long uh, did you go back and forth on deciding what color of red because because i paint all of my tanks my sides my bottoms my backs black and i just get the oh. the rust-oleum um black enamel paint because i can basically glob it on and in one coat i'm done just let it dry. you know i've let... i've learned i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you no off, no it's but... fine no it's all right but i learned that um i would use these uh plasti dip on uh, paint oh okay it's much yeah, because if like after you paint it, it if you don't like it, you can just peel it off. Because I've I've painted tanks with regular paint before, and um, it's kind of hard to um to get the the right shade, and then and then sometimes and then if I don't like it, it's a pain in the butt to scrape it off. So for um, I would use Plasti Dip, and I would use um, I, th- I forget I think it's either uh, Fire Engine Red or uh, Candy Apple Red. Is one of is one of the red colors that I have for the bottom of the tank, and on the sides when I painted it blue, it was um, I think it was called Blaze Blue. Mm-hmm. But, um, for, for, the but for the red though, it sounds like you probably did go through a couple iterations on what color yeah. of red you like. I think it was I think for I forget which one Plasti Dip had because this is this has been a while since I painted. Um, it's either it's either Candy Apple Red or I think it's Candy Apple Red. Huh. So because cool. it's shiny and it's yeah, mm-hmm. so 
No, that that's then, neat, man. That's like that's like just pulling that out of your bag of tricks, man. Yep, I've got a bottom of my, my tank is painted red. Helps the uh, helps yeah. the red pop more on the on the fish. Yeah, and then you put some, and then you put the white coral chips on it, and it just pops, and it's like really cool. Oh, nice. You know, another trick um, that I've learned about um, tank wise, um, you know, like how when you put your like if you have like a wallpaper thing for the tank mm-hmm. in the back, and some people would just tape it right, and when you tape the back. Of the of the wallpaper thing, when you turn the lights of the aquarium lights, it looks dark, right? But when you turn the lights off, it looks fine. So a trick to doing to where when you turn the lights on, it makes the the, the background picture pop. And you know, like they sell this this product called Sea uh, View. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's like um, it's a bottle. It's like a little tiny bottle, and it's like oily. For it's like five fifty or so. Is it but in, is it for use in the aquarium hobby or is it does it have an application outside of the yeah. hobby? It's 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 for it's for aquarium. It's for it's for applying um, background huh. pictures no, 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 onto the onto the tank. But instead of paying five something for one, Sorry. you I'm could use. Right <laughs> is that Alexa now? <laughs> yes. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. We've had the ice cream um, man. We've had Alexa. Man. <laughs> Alexa, so order me a flower horn. <laughs> no, but so anyhow, for so for instead of um, paying some so much for like a little tiny bottle, just get a uh, a spray like uh, of like um, cooking oil spray at the ninety nine cent store or whatever, and then um, you get the picture right, the background picture. You cut it to size, and you roll it inwards, and then for like and then you put a rubber band on it, let it hold for like a day or so. And then when you're ready to apply it, you wipe the the aquarium tank clean with like a Windex, really, really dry, really clean. And then you would pour um, or spray can the uh, the cooking spray all over the glass. And then you would put that um, the picture on it and then you would use like a squeegee, like one of those um, a credit card or a deck of cards or one of those paint removers, those plastic paint removers, scratch um, those mm-hmm. handle things. For the bubbles, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you would scrape it off, scrape off all the air bubbles, and mm-hmm. then wipe the excess off, and then it would stay. And then when you turn the lights on, your picture would pop. Wow. Yeah, it looks really neat. So I've been telling people how to do that because I I spent so much money with those little <laughs> bottles. They're like, I mean, because if you want to do like a 75-gallon tank, a little tiny bottle that would not last for a huge background. So I just get a, a can of, of cooking oil mm-hmm. and, and that would last. And, you. That, and that doesn't like, there's no going rancid or anything like that. Nope. It's just interesting. Nope. nope. Because, because once you, once you squeegee it out, it's just like really, really thin film, but it's, you're never going to see it. You're never going to touch it. You're never, it's, I mean it, it, cause it, when it kind of like dries, it's dry sticky so I mean, and you're never gonna see it or smell it because it's just okay. because it's the back, yeah. Wow. So well, that's a that that is definitely a, a cool trick. I mean, I'm I'm so much in the camp of just utilitarian, just slapping black paint on everything. But if yeah. I ever if I ever did, because I know when I was first in the hobby back, actually around the same time you're talking about, you know, we're we're talking about your trip to China. So like that 2007 yeah. 2008 time frame was yeah. when I was really into it uh, my first time around into the hobby and I was actually doing I wasn't painting backgrounds then I was I was you know standard pet smart pet code just getting the black roll sheet and like anytime you're talking about 
applying anything with any type of, um, you know, tolerance or anything of that nature, like I'm not your guy. Like I'm not yeah. the person that you're going to call to help you do something <laughs> like that because I'm terrible at it. But it sounds like, I mean, everything that you said makes sense, right? Like, um, cause they're usually rolled up those backgrounds. And so you're saying r- roll it the other way. So then it kind of folds the opposite right. way, right? Yes. So it folds in yes. and then it naturally, when you let go, it's going to want to, you know, spread itself out. Um, and they want to hug it and uh-huh. it's going to want to hug the tank. And yeah. so when you spray that, the, the cooking oil thing, it's going to want to stick to that. And then you squeegee it out, but, but you want to cut it to size first mm-hmm. before you roll it. And then, I mean, prepare it, like prep everything. And then, and then you, you want to do that. It's, I've gone through, I use, <laughs> at one point I had over, um, let me see, I had over 60 tanks and I was painting them and I was backgrounding them and I was doing, and I would go through so much money with those little things. And I figured, and then, and then after a while, I'm like, you know, this, the texture of this, the smell reminds me of cooking oil, you know? And I'm like, why, why aren't I using like a, a, a 99 cent cooking oil spray instead of paying 550 for this little tiny bottle you just look it look it up um go go to and like any pet store and then go to like the, the background section mm-hmm. you'll see it you'll see it hanging right next to the uh the backgrounds and um and you'll 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 see what i'm talking about it's called cv or something like that and it's just kind of expensive for that but yeah I mean, no i can any anytime you start getting into like that real specialist application it's like the yeah. price triples right like yeah it doesn't matter what no, it is it's like the price is going to triple if it's a, if it's if it's a very very special application yeah because like in the past i would be like you you know i would i would go buy a, a background like a black background and i would i would just tape it with scotch tape and when you turn i mean it looks nice when the lights are off but when you when you turn the lights on it just you see like the air bubbles or you see spaces in the back and it just, it just doesn't look like it's, um, part of the tank. It's just mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And then I saw that, I saw that product. I'm like, Oh, nice. Really cool. And then I learned from using a cheaper way of doing it. And I did it from now on. I've done it for every one of my tanks and everyone who, who wants to do that. I'm, I tell them to do that because nice. it, it makes your nice. tank, it makes your tank look so much nicer. Um, when you and it makes the, the picture like if you want like to have like any kind of pictures it makes it pop nice you know like 3d so well hopefully somebody listening to this can uh can pick up on that and and you know try that for their next tank if they were looking to do a background yeah that'd be cool all right hi so let's get into uh the flower horn association now so what what, what is ufa <laughs> all about um because like i said you're a co-founder of this so what what was the genesis yes. of the ufa okay so um so we had um our are meeting, you know, group parties and stuff with uh, that flower horn craze website thing. And I met this person, his name is uh, Albert De La Cruz. And then uh, we were like chatting and talking and stuff. And then he says, he says hey, you want to do something um, like start like a, a group thing on Facebook and, and then uh, and then just like maybe get to get get make competitions and things like that. And I'm like, OK, you know, that sounds cool, you know. So he started um, he made up a group on Facebook called the uh, uh, Facebook Flowerhorn Hobbyists, uh, which is FFH. That's our main, like the main hub of our whole Flowerhorn thing. And then, um, and then we started, um, he's, we want that to be like the whole 
flower horn, wherever, whoever wants to look for flower horns, do that. And then we're like, let's do a, a United Flower Horn Association thing to where um, people can learn more about it. And then so that we can spread out to different countries, you know, United Flower Horn India, United Flower Horn Mexico, United Flower Horn Canada. Um, so we have over like 30 different countries with uh, UFA. And then um, and so we were like, OK, let's let's just um, hopefully we can have those and then but have people come back to the the Facebook Flower Horn hobbyists um, to be like the mothership mother of the place because every every country has their own specific thing like right now we have the ufa usa which is mostly um for united states um residents and then uh, we we do things here for the u.s and then we have um in india they do things there for indian um hobbyists but it's still and then and then we want them to come back to the ffh group anyway to share everything else you know it has so a, it's, how has that been working out so far? Uh, very nice. It's nice. been re- it's been working. Yeah, it's been working out very good. We have we have admins from different countries to help take care of different groups and their own things, and then and then everybody comes back to uh, the FFH Facebook Flowerhorn Hobbyist to share what's going on with within the countries. Wow. So, so. it sounds so it sounds like from from two fish nerds, right? That you know, started on a, <laughs> basically started on a forum. Um, and you guys actually started meeting physically like in person at, you know, yeah. let, let's just assume so somewhere in Southern California. Um, yeah. and, and when did you and uh, Albert, when did you guys decide like, Hey, let, let's try to, to make this a little bit more official. Let's try to make this a little bit bigger. What year was that? Well, that was in 2010 is when we started, you know, doing those things and say, you know, let's, cause here's like, I, I was just, you know, Albert and I were just, talking we're like you know let's do this but let's do this for the hobby and for the hobbyists you know we don't want to do this because you know we want to be known and we don't want to be famous or or anything like that it's not it's that's not our agenda we don't have any kind of agenda for to being somebody you know because we love the fish so much you know we love the hobby the passion you know it's like we just want to share that we want to make flower horns a household name for everyone you know, we want to take it. We want to take it to a higher level of you know having everyone. When we see people, we're like new new hobbyists, and we see people. Oh yeah, I know that fish. Whatever, it makes us happy. You know, it makes us like awesome. Yes, you know, we you know the fish is you know spreading the word of the fish. It's it's so cool. You know. Yeah, it's definitely. Like, and and so help us understand kind of you know where it has grown in the past nine years. So what? How, how, so you said you, we've got a UFA kind of chapter, if you will, in thirty different countries. Um, what, yeah. What's the membership role like? Like how many members? Oh. Like who, who's the largest country uh, of UFA membership? Um, okay. And then like let me know how many people that is, and what's like the second largest country on there? Well, I, I okay. So Facebook Flower and Hobbyists is the biggest we have over like 58,000 six almost 60,000 members mm-hmm, wow um but each country at least i mean i think the u.s has the biggest the u.s has like over 8,000 or 9,000 members and then the other um and then uh philippines then india um they all have like maybe three four thousand each um and australia yeah, that, um, that's cool. Now, did you guys ever think that when you're talking about this in 2010 that um, it would catch on and, and have this many people across the world with this many, you know, it, because it extends beyond just a Facebook group. It's actual like people meeting up competitions uh, and right. people just sharing the love for this fish. Right. It, it, like it's one thing to create a Facebook group. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I think 
Almost anybody with a Facebook account can do that. But to take it to the next level where it's global and then you're actually having coordinated judged competitions like that seems right. That seems pretty surreal if I were you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we we never we never like everything we do. We we don't want to do it for, um, you know, be, to make it bigger or, or, or louder or whatever. Everything we do is because we want to do and we we never picture um having um competitions in india you know they just had their eighth competition last weekend and then we never picture of having uh competitions in uh in vietnam you know or and then i got to travel to singapore to do our competition in singapore and then i got to meet a lot of the original breeders and people and then thailand you know and it's like no we never we never thought of anything like you know how how big it could get um, but we appreciate everyone who participates in our, um, our forums and our groups and, and everything. I mean, cause there are so many flower horn pages out there. There's so many groups out there, but we appreciate everyone who supports UFA by being a part of, you know, our, our mission and our passion, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like, you know, we're not there to, to, to be say, okay, our group is bigger. Our group is better. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, as long as you're a flower horn hobbyist, that's all that mattered to us. And then we, and it's like, we do these competitions, right? We hold these flower horn competitions um, because we want people to, to share their grooming skills and their knowledge. And then, and then to have people commingling with people that, that they've never might not even have a chance to meet in person, if anything, you know, like, and then, and then we do these competitions and they, people come from all different places of the United States or whatever, and then they meet up and like, oh, yeah, I, I remember talking to you, you know, or something like that, you know, and, and I've always talked to you online and never and it's great to meet you in person and things. And then it builds and then they would bring their family and they would bring their friends and then they would see, oh, what kind of fish is this? And then you get new hobbyists, mm-hmm. you know, out of that. Yeah, and I so. and, and I'm a broken record when it comes to you know doing whatever we can, um, in in a positive manner to bring people right. into this hobby. And right. you know I've talked about it with you before, and in some of our conver- in one of our conversations leading up to yeah. this, and people have heard me mention this before that uh, the tropical fish hobby is so multifaceted. There's so many aspects of it that people can. Uh, be involved with right so you you start with the glass box with water in it but you could just go down the rabbit hole with just plants you could go right. down the rabbit hole with community tanks you can go down the rabbit hole with setting up an entire fish room just for breeding um right. you know small tetras and then you can go down the rabbit hole of of flower horns and you know right. whatever whatever's going to get people into the hobby because you know most of the times you'll dabble and try a bunch of different things um you know in, in having that one um you know it, it having that one passion within that multifaceted hobby, I think is so awesome in how, you know, somebody could be in the bitchers and I'll probably never own one of those fish, but I can appreciate it. And I'm just so mm-hmm. happy that there are people that, that enjoy that fish and they are in the hobby and they can be a part of a local fish club um, and have conversations and inform me and teach me. And so this is yet just one more facet in this tropical fish hobby that we can get more people in, right? Like no other, fish. Right. like let's just hypothetically say, you know, people come into some of these events, guppies, no, by 
bitures, nope. Catfish, nope. Corridors, ah, eh, that's kind of cute, but I'd never want one of those. Mm-hmm. But they see a flower right. horn and they're like, that's the thing for me. Like, it just clicks. And I think there is something like that for everybody in this hobby. Um, and, I, and, you know, me wanting to bring somebody from UFA onto the show to talk about it, to bring attention to, to flower horns. And hopefully somehow through this, if you're already listening to this podcast, you're probably a fish nerd. But if there's some way to get somebody else involved because of the conversation you and I are having, like, that's just all gravy for me. And I think that's what we need to be promoting. And I and that's why I really appreciate what you and Albert have started with this and everybody else that's involved with UFA. Well, I appreciate you having us. You know, I appreciate you bringing um, UFA into your podcast and then and then talking about you know flower horns because we want that our main our main thing is just to take flower horns to the next level and no matter however we do and whatever we can do to to bring awareness to flower horns that would be so great you know and and for us to be able to to talk to you and and for you to to share with your podcast listeners you know and then hopefully hopefully we could have them enjoy having a flower horn in their tanks as well you know i mean it's just it's just great to have something different and i mean the flower horn fish is is a very unique fish they have like the best characters they're like they're like a wet pet kind of like a wet dog kind of a deal you know mm-hmm. no i mean i totally I, to- I totally agree and when you talked earlier about you know having oscars oscars have a ton of yeah. personality but flower horns right like they take it to the next level and yes. people know i have a passion like i've got a soft spot for oscars i've had them before so you and i have oh. a similarity there um yeah. but and i've actually i've also had flower horns i've had a male female pair of flower horns yeah. um and i i love those fish but the flower horn takes the personality they take the wet pet to the next level and they right. are just stunning like the pearls and the the yes. script writing on it now i will say for me personally the coke I like them a little bit on the smaller side. I don't need the massive prosperity, like mastermind uh-huh. kind of globe thing or mega mind, whatever the right. the cartoon character is. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, I could do with the medium size one, but they are such uh-huh. a stunning and super cool fish. You know, the thing is, everybody everybody sees beauty in their own, you know, in their own eye. So to you, you, you may not like the bigger size. To me, I, I prefer a bigger size. I mean, I want for, I mean, because there's different, okay, so there's, SRD, which is Super Red Dragons. There's Kamfoss, and there's like Faders, and there's Thai Silks. Me personally, I like the Super Red Dragons to have a big Coke. You know, it's the biggest Coke there is, and because that's that's the uniqueness of it. And then for um, the Kamfa, you know, it, it usually don't really have big size Cokes, but now they're producing them to be bigger, so it's nice. But everybody has their own choices, and it's great that you you know you, you may not like to have a big one. And there are smaller sized ones for you, you know. And there, and that's that's the unique thing about about flower horns is that not one is exactly the same. Everyone is different. Every flower horn is different because they're they're not like, um, you know, they're not they're because they're like a hybrid and they're they're man made, so they're not going to look the same. Yeah, you know, it, they may they may resemble some may resemble one another, but not everyone because the pro. Well, the pearls are different patterns and everything, you oh, know, I, coloration. Yeah, and I'm, too, I'm, I was so. going to say, I mean, so. between the pearls and the script on the side of the body yeah. alone, like that's practically yeah. a finger. That's practically a fingerprint. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it would be insane if like 
people that have never seen a flower horn before, hi, one of the things I want to do, maybe not in this while we're talking now, but after is to have what you think is a good link uh, for people to go to to check out the different types of flower horns. Um, uh-huh. You know, the confas and the faders and all of these, like hopefully there's a good resource that kind of breaks it down, you know, by type visually what these fish are, but they're, they're incredibly stunning. But yeah, it'd be so hard pressed to think that, you know, between the pearls and the script and the size of the Coke that you were ever going to find one of these guys that, you know, they're the exact same. There are going to be yeah. some that look similar. Right. But right, right. I mean, they're just, they're just very, very unique fish. The um, thing is they, people think that the, um, the scripts are tattoos, but none of these are tattooed. None of them are, are, have nothing plastic done onto them. Well, just show it, a Trimac. It's just natural. You just show yeah. a Trimac and the Trimac already right. has that, that kind the of script esque right. on it. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, if, if if your listeners would like to, to check out some other stuff, then you can always log on to the UFA USA um, face on Facebook. Or just type up UFA and go go on to our UFA USA group or Facebook Flowerhorn Hobbyist. You'll see tons and tons of pictures. And the, there will be people, breeders and sellers, posting um, their fish daily. And then, or you can just check out the um, the history of our pictures and go, go through that. And we have we have a lot of um, of people posting their uh, competitor competitive fish and in, in, in their collections and things like that. So there there will be plenty of pictures to to see um, and to look at for nice. at so I'll make USA sure, USA. Yeah, I'll make sure I've yeah. got uh, those links in the show notes for people to just do that uh, direct click and, and jump into those Facebook groups to to check it out. Um, now, uh, recently there was uh, Aquashella Dallas, and there was a flower horn competition. Now, right. I was I was scheduled to go to that, um, but you know, j- just due to family, my wife is expecting our second kid. Mm-hmm. I was on travel restrictions, so I couldn't go and attend Aquashella Dallas. Uh, but oh. uh, you know, give me a recap. Like, how did that event go? Daddy duty. Yeah. Daddy duty is calling, right? <laughs> daddy, daddy, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I wasn't there as well. I because I, I was just at I was just in Texas like uh, the week before. Anyway, for a family wedding thing, so I couldn't be there the next week. But um, we have our admins there. Um, Aquashella was was kind enough to allow us to have a booth, um, and then they provided tanks and water and everything for us. And then uh, we had comp- people um, from within the, the Texas area uh, bring their fish for a competition and, and to show off their their fish. And then and we it was a really 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 good successful show. Um, it's great because a lot of people from uh, who attend Aquashella have never seen or heard of a flower horn, and so they're like, you know, like, wow, what is that? You know, so it's great. It was a great great thing. So it was very successful for us. Nice. And so, then real quick, so in these competitions, what are um, what are the different classes and kind of what's being judged? Okay. So for for the competitions, we usually have um, the ZZ category. ZZ is mainly for super red dragons and red dragons. Uh, the KK, which is a Kamfas. And then we'd have like a, um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Faders? Um, Monkeys? I don't know. I'm just going to no, throw no. out the flower horn terms <laughs> that I know. Like a, a random pulpery of no, fish. They- <laughs> No, we're gonna have we're gonna also have um SRT, which is the Super Red Texas, and then it's Super SRM, which is a Super Red Monkey. And e- within each category, we would have a s- large size and a small size, like a large KK, large small KK, large ZZ, small ZZ. Um, the literal ZZ the sa- literal size of the fish. Right. Okay. ZZ stands for the Zenzu, and then a KK for a King Kampha. So and then um, and then so we we would we would judge we um amongst that. And then we would place them first, second, third. And then we would have people's choice. We would have the best color 
uh, best pearls, um, and then we would have uh, the grand champion. The grand champion is the the fish that's the the one that stands above everyone else on there. Nice. And so, and I'm I'm going to assume that you've served as a judge in some of these competitions before, right? I have. Okay. I have. How, um, how, I have. How stressful is it? I mean, what what has been your experience as a judge? It is very stressful. I've so the most stressful judging I've had was when I was in Singapore. It took a whole day. It was like twelve hours, literally. Um, it was because judging judging in Asia is totally different than judging in the United States because they have their own uh, judging criteria and, and things like that. So we go through that, you know. Even though it's with UFA, we have because um, in Asia they have their own organizations and stuff, and so we want to like um, to accompany them and, and and make them feel like you know they're not being pushed away kind of a deal mm-hmm. you know so they have their own thing but then we they, they still do what our ufa um uh list and categories and things like that they'll follow whatever we do but still but um th- judging is very very tiring you have to go through the fish and you have to see um how the fish reacts to you and you have to see how um the you have to pick out the, the fish's purlings the the colors the um how the the fins and judging when we judge um we judge the fish on how the fish presents itself the day of the judging you know because sometimes people are saying you know like you know their fish might not get first place but they might get second place or third place and they're like my fish is so nice your fish is so nice at home but when your fish is at the at the judging area is it has it performed to the judges to where it should be and does it look as nice as it does you, you know what i mean so ju- mm-hmm. judging is very 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 tough and we have to go through all that and you have to give points and deduct points and give points for what you know it's so it's a rigorous job and you have to calculate the whole thing but we are finally this this time um we're going to be having a uh the next competition we're going to be having is in north uh northern california and we finally have a tablet that we will be able to just plot in numbers and it would actually calculate everything for us and it's so, gonna be really cool oh it's an actual, we got a program you got an app <laughs> we got an app yeah nice we finally got an app and it's gonna be really cool so it's gonna make things a little bit easier oh, for very nice. the judges so, so why don't we go yeah. ahead and um now i know release schedule timing wise uh it is uh you know we're, we're gonna miss the norcal event as far as getting it out there but um, why don't you just give a kind of a, a, a real quick uh, advertisement for that NorCal event, and then what are yeah. what are the next events that are going to be coming out in the USA? Okay, so um, NorCal is going to be in uh, held in Sacramento. It's going to be held at the uh, Aqua Craze, which is uh, owned by Julie Tran and Luke Yang. Uh, they are uh, one of the U.S. trans shippers, um, and it will be in NorCal on uh, April twenty seventh, uh, Saturday. That's our next competition. So then the, the next one we're going to have would be in um, East Coast, which is in New York um, at the uh, Monsters Aquarium in Flushing's, New York uh, by John Ip. Uh, and that would be June 22nd. And then we will have another competition in um, the, see, the next one would be in July, which is going to be for the Southern California. We call it the SoCal competition which is going to be held um, at PMP in Cyprus. And then after that, we're going to have another uh, NorCal at the same place in, in Sacramento in October. 
Hi, this, and then is, we're gonna this have- is crazy. How many <laughs> events do you guys have? This is this is crazy and awesome all wrapped up, man. <laughs> it is. It's very crazy. But the thing is, we, we have people from all over the country that can't participate at every one of them. So we try our best to spread it out. We have another one in Midwest, um, in Chicago. I forgot. Um, it's going to be Aquashella, Chicago. And I think that one was is going to be in September, I believe. Yeah, I should. And then, I, yeah, I heard that one. The yeah. scheduling's kind of up in the air as of right now. Yeah, I yeah. should. I should be at that event. Okay, we're gonna have our Midwest um, competition there, and then uh, NorCal, and then and then to we're gonna have um, in New York. I mean, in New Jersey, which is the Aquatic Experience. Yep, in I'll probably be there November. for that too. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have one there as well. So um, yeah, it's it's just crazy um this is just for the united states um this is not counting canada or um mexico or india india we just had one last weekend or two weeks ago something like that mm-hmm. so so when, when's the yeah, next when's the crazy. next canadian event coming because there, there's a good number of canadians that listen uh, to this podcast oh okay there's another there's a canadian one that's coming up um i forgot the it if you can check on our ufa canada um mm-hmm. ufa canada there we'd have information there about the upcoming canadian competition i believe it's it's free to enter for that so um but then you get win uh win trophies and stuff um so it's just wow and so the so just just going to basic economics um supply and demand so clearly like there's just this pent-up demand for this right like in order to supply this many events there just has to be this demand that people want to participate in flower horn shows yes there there is there is a big demand and because because it's nice to it's nice to 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 grow your fish and to groom it and stuff but it's nicer to to show it off mm-hmm. and to see what you know and then to win a trophy on it to see because it's it's an awesome thing to to have bragging rights sometimes so how many you know, how for, many entrants are you getting and are you turning anybody away um no we don't turn people away it's but like 50 60 wow at, yeah, at um, each at each competition you're getting between yeah. 50 and 60 people and you rattled off like 10 yeah. different US competitions coming up this yeah. year yeah, in in Singapore we had two hundred and five. Wow. Yeah, and then in Philippines we had two hundred and about two hundred and something as well. Um, in New York we we had I think sixty was the biggest we had um, in New York. So. Wow, that's so just, cool. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. I it's and it's nice and it's great to see people, you know, showing off their fish and it's great to to meet people and 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 to see how everyone is just enjoying the hobby, you know, and enjoying the. F- fish and you know because at the end of the day you know this is a relaxing thing supposedly you know and it's great <laughs> allegedly <laughs> allegedly fish keeping is relaxing <laughs> relaxing relaxing ish <laughs> yeah no definitely so, yeah. um and, and actually I would, i'd be remiss if i let you off the uh, the interview before we talked about uh just the graphics the swag the trophies that come along with the with the ufa because that was mm-hmm. one of the first things that i noticed um especially with looking at the Aquashella Dallas lineup and all the events right. that were going to go on. And I had told, um, uh, you know, Corey and other people in kind of like my fish circle that one of the things I was going to miss the most about going to Dallas was the flower horn competition. I really wanted to go there. And then, oh. and, and it was just not even, not even just going to see the flower horns, but it was also the opportunity to get one of those t-shirts because your oh, guys' yeah. swag is just <laughs> so on point, man. Your guys, your posters yeah. for these events, it's like, 
Hollywood quality. It's just crazy how professional your artwork well, is. I, I feel so honored for you to say that. I mean, it's just it's so great to hear that because we work so hard in trying to make things nice and trying to make you know things eye-catching. We have a designer in the Philippines. His name is Peter Paul. He is the best designer ever. I mean, he's you give him an idea, you give him an idea, he'll run off with it. He'll just come back and say, this is what I have, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll say, you know what? Let's do it like this. Let's add this. Let's add that. And we'll just work together. And then, and then the final product is just amazing no it's you know, it's, this- it, it, it's, uh, it's amazing because i've recently i've been um you know looking for some freelance work on fiverr for various uh work projects and whatnot and you know it is so hard to find good quality artistic work with with somebody that isn't in your organization or somebody that you're not directly in contact with right you're just kind of right. working with through messages and yes. you know the how how I, I guess if I were to put a price tag on the work that you're doing, like it 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 would be through the roof if somebody were to to, to contract this oh. person if they were oh, you know yeah. U.S. based or whatever it may be. Like the quality of work is that high, and it's just it's just one of those things that to me it adds credibility to your guys's event, right? Like it doesn't look like Randy yeah. took some magic markers and made a flower horn poster for you guys, and then you also yeah. duplicated that on your T-shirt, and it looks right. like crap, and nobody wants to buy it. Like this looks yeah. like this is just some of the most legit marketing material and swag that's yeah. out there right now and i know uh, er- eric martins of disco b i told him he's got a legit shirt but man you guys are whew, you guys your swag <laughs> is on point that's good well, I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear that it's just it's it's great to hear that actually because and i'm very proud of of, of having peter paul on, on our team and 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 then just because he's just he's just dang because his his timeline his time is different than our time because right now it's nighttime for them and then when it's when it's nighttime for us, it's morning for them. So sometimes it takes it's kind of hard to communicate, you know, because it's it's we're opposite times on the time zones. And but, you know, we, we make it through. Sometimes we will stay up late. Sometimes he'll stay up late and then we'll we'll be there to work it through and throw ideas. And, and then just yeah. And then, yeah, I'm very, very proud of, of Peter Paul and, and just give him like a thousand percent credit for everything he did, because He's he's done so much for for our um, our group and posters and stuff. Have you seen our calendars? Oh no, we I have, have not. You got calendars? We, oh my god, we goodness. have calendars. Oh. We have calendars. Oh, Every hi. year don't, we have a calendar. Don't, don't do just, it to me, man. Don't do it to yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really it's really nice too. So. That's fantastic. But, well, hopefully, hopefully that is enough of a of a, a teaser of kind of a, a grabber for the folks listening to this. And we do have a global audience. So, you know, everybody heard that there's 30, 30 um, UFA kind of associations or, or chapters in 30 different countries out there. Um, so, you know, go to go to the Flowerhorn Hobbyist pa- Facebook page, click on the links in the show notes, um, check out the respective uh, UFA chapter for your country and just look at the swag, look at the posters that I'm talking about. And then my challenge to you is find when the next flower horn competition in your area is going to be. And if it happens to be like, if it's, if it's less than like a 45 minute drive, like let's say an hour drive on the weekend, you got to go. Like if you're into this hobby, you've never kept a flower horn, go to one of these competitions. If you're in Canada and the United States, like wherever they're happening, they just had one in India, go check it out. 
and I'd be so hard pressed for you not to think like hi and I do that this thing is a you know these 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 beautiful beautiful fish are wet pets they've got a ton of personality you know you do have to have a larger tank you know they're they're not going to be for everybody but I would challenge you not to have an appreciation for how cool these fish are uh, you know if you actually went in person to one of their events and so you know click on the links in the show notes check it out look at the posters look at the swag go check out the events. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Could I add something as well, Randy? Of course. Um, since be- since because we are not like um, we don't make money from doing any of this, um, it it's it's very important that people help support us by buying our products. Like we have T-shirts and we have calendars and we have mugs and we have keychains, we have stickers, and it's it's very important that um, that we have people who support us in, in buying those things because those buying those will help us um, do more. Because every penny that we make goes back towards the hobby, goes back towards the hobbyists. Because we give back. Like sometimes we will give a free fish away, or we'll give free T-shirts away, or calendars away, or or something like that. And it's really important um, for for people to help support us by by helping us, you know, sponsoring or something. Because because a lot of times it's it's money out of our own pockets. You know, we do this for the hobby and for the hobbyists and um and we, we we use our own money to put into this hobby so it's it would be it's really crucial and really important for people to do help um support us by by doing things like that purchasing some stuff or or, or just you know sponsoring or something like that that would be great for us too you know because because without without any without support you know we can't do what we do you well, know. I'm looking at the uh, United Flower Horn Association Facebook page that I'm a member of, um, and you've got you have the uh, the listing for the T-shirts that are on sale right now, or the pre-order right. for yeah, the yeah. NorCal event, and yep. $21.99 shipped for yeah. an amazing front and back. Like yeah. this isn't just a front print; like this is front and back. Front and back. And, 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 and like I'm not even going to try to describe this shirt. You guys just need to go and look <laughs> at it. It is freaking. awesome. Awesome. Like it is such a freaking awesome t-shirt that at 22 bucks, like I'm buying one from you guys. I'm right. buying the mug. I'm buying the calendar, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have a Georgia. Oh, oh, I forgot about it. We have a Georgia competition coming up. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. I just scrolled down. <laughs> so May, a, May 25th. There's a Georgia in May. Yes. That, Everywhere. That's another competition. I've told in Duluth, Georgia. And that's in. Yes. Iquatics. 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 Right. Yeah. So. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. You guys are everywhere. This yeah. is crazy. It's good, you know. We, we we want we want to to have um, people know the the flower horn pets, you know, that the fish, and and just have everyone just understand that, you know, this this is a great fish to have, you know. I'm just obsessed. I'm just can, obsessed with the t-shirts, man. I have to collect them all. Is there <laughs> gonna be? A, is there a Georgia t-shirt? Yeah. yeah oh my one, god. There's I'm one for have, the Georgia. I'm and we also to... have we have also have um UFA t-shirts, just like bait, just UFA t-shirt with the. With the coke and everything, mm-hmm. I did. I did get your. Uh, I do have a sticker. So uh, last year's okay. aquatic experience, you guys had a little presence there. Um, okay. No competition or anything, but I, I did. I managed to get a sticker, so that was kind of cool. Okay, um, that's cool. But yeah, man, your guys is this stuff is just so good, so good. <laughs> well, thank you. All thank right, you, hi. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, we we've definitely gone beyond that forty-five minute sweet mark, but I've had <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've okay. had a great time talking with you, and I hope I hope the listeners are just you know, a little bit more intrigued and I hope they go and, and check these links out and they'll be a little bit more appreciative and, you know, really, really see what, what, what guys like you guys and gals that are so passionate about one type of fish to the point where they're going to go and sacrifice so much of their free time to, to put yeah. on these events. You know, I, I, I just hope that they have an appreciation for that. So hi, 
I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much again. Well, thank you for having us, and thank you for for helping share the uh, the passion and the love that we have for flower horns, and and helping talk about United Flower Horn Association. You know, because you know, without without you people like you to help share the you know the UFA, then you know we won't be anywhere. So that I appreciate having to be on the show, and, and appreciate you.